to Front Row Material! It's not for everyone. With Jerry Lynn! And I am going to blow you. Excuse me? And Mikey Whiprack! Out of the water. Here's your host, Mike Freeland! I love that new AEW uh, profile pic you got there, Jer. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's very even, nice. Even Franny said I looked handsome. Yes. It looks like you should be on a late-night infomercial. I mean, <laughs> there should be, like, a product, like, right next to you. <laughs> With the gazelle. <laughs> technique, Jerry, technique! <laughs> oh. I see Jerry as a gazelle guy. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like he'd be really? the type of guy no, that would be, like, not. on the Stairmaster with his cardio, nope. whatever town you're in. That's not my cup of tea. They said Flair was always, like, on the Stairmaster, and his cardio was ridiculous. Yeah, but I always... No, that wouldn't have been my cup of tea. I trained hard, though, but yeah. not the gazelle. No. He trained hard. I hardly trained. There you <laughs> go. Whatever it takes. I'm too fat for too- the dump dump. It's just thump. Okay. <laughs> thump. It's it's pulp. Drop high. Oh. So I'm home alone. Whoa. Oh. I know. Yeah. They left I, you unsupervised. Just, I know. They don't know what they've done. Man. What's the fuck indication? Uh Annabelle's got a new best friend at school, so she went with her and their her mom and I think her brother to go see it too at the big IMAX theater, which is about an hour and a half drive from here. So, and then uh, Pam went. Well, I went and had dinner with her and a friend of hers, and then they proceeded to go hit. The town twenty miles from here. I don't know what they're doing, but all right, getting footloose and fancy free. Yeah. Nice. Wait a minute, hey Jerry, are you recording? So, by the way, yes. I fucking hope so. Damn it! <laughs> Twenty-five minutes of good shit last week, right out the window. <laughs> oh gosh. Hey people, well, I loved, learned my lesson. Okay. They loved so, the episode, by the way. Absolutely fucking lutely loved it. Well, of course we're professionals. <laughs> Professional what? <laughs> well, I hope you're professional. I have no idea. I have some things in store for both of you. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. The last time you said that, you ended up in a furry pickle with a pickle up your ass. <laughs> in a handicap stall. In <laughs> a handicap stall. <laughs> That's not supposed to be shared publicly. Yes. With oh. a Ziploc baggie full of blue chews. And a screwdriver. Never stops. In a, I know. In a screwdriver, yep. the drink or the uh, actual yeah. piece of equipment? Both. Both. <laughs> yep. And goggles and a turkey baster. God. I'm getting a little excited over here. Stitch, be quiet. Is, are you? Did Stitch make you excited? Ugh. No. Hey, anything's possible in this Not world. Not you, Mikey. I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I shouldn't even encourage you. So how are you boys doing? Good. Oh, hey. Good? You know, this is a Friday night. Well, it it is. won't be when this airs, but it, we just should say this is our Friday the 13th episode. It is. We're recording on Friday the and, 13th. 
and everyone's nuts. We got that full harvest moon, which is very rare. The next one's supposed to happen in like 2045 or something. So everyone's going bonkers out there. On the road, people driving, which is normal, but it's a little worse today. Well, they're trying to drive and they're looking at that stupid yeah. moon. <laughs> That's right. Oh, look, the moon, like we've never seen it before. <laughs> God bless you. My dog just sneezed. Oh, that was nice of you. Well, how's how's your dog doing? Still behaving? Still? Yeah. yeah. Wow. He's back on the fucking bed. I thought he was supposed to be broke of that. Well, yeah. Two wife goes, come on. Oh, so she's an enabler, huh? Oh, yeah. Wow. I have been addicted to listening to... The wrestling album one from like 1985. Yes, but only Jimmy Hart song. <laughs> Just that one. Just that one. What what songs are on that? I've never owned a wrestling album. It is. Is it a black CD? The cover of it, and then the word WrestleMania is on the front. No, no, not that stupid fucking horseshit one. That's where the Undertaker okay. had a song on it. Okay. Undertaker says slam. (laughs) That was it? Undertaker says slam. Slam, jam, death. Yeah, it's kind of a... Kind of bad, actually. jam, death. That's what he says. So it wasn't like a rap or anything, huh? Can you imagine Undertaker doing a rap? No, that's very interesting, though. Yeah, I wonder what song he would choose. I wonder if Undertaker can do a a uh, a duet with Post Malone, like Ozzy did. You know, you're really addicted to this Post Malone stuff. No, fuck him. I just like Ozzy. Well, who's the guy that you... <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. So, in honor of Friday the 13th, Audio from Friday the Thirteenth. Oh my! Four. Scary, so scary. I'm sitting here in the dark with a candle going. You're playing this creepy fucking shit. (laughs) Sorry, it's Friday the Thirteenth. Did you? Did weren't you a fan of those movies? Of course, Mikey. Did you like the? Yeah, yeah, they scared the shit out of me. The best movie experience I've ever had was Friday the 13th, Part 3 in 3D. Ooh. It was like one of them nights when everything just falls into place perfectly. It was opening night. The theater was sold out. It was packed. And the girls were screaming at every right moment when it was set up to make you jump. And it was an awesome experience. So you're a horror fan as, as well, Jerry? Yes. I saw Friday the 13th, Jason Takes Manhattan in the theater. Oh, God. It was me and my one friend. That was it. <laughs> <laughs> my one friend. Well, not, oh, not, not, not I only had one friend, but it was just the two of us in the theater. Right. 
Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. No, I you love were, horror you, movies. Almost. Well, there was a time you ever see people under the stairs. I may have brought this up before. It was. Mm, was it good? Yes. I mean, in a. It was. It's hard to explain. The. Uh, the heels was a brother and sister team, and the brother okay. would wear this. Uh, S&M bondage gimp outfit, all black leather and a zipper over the mouth type deal. Oh, like demolition. It, <laughs> and, uh, Sounds like a Saturday had night. Some, he <laughs> had some... <laughs> <laughs> oh, Freeland calls that a Tuesday. <laughs> but he had the best one-liners. It was hilarious. And my buddy and I would were laughing our butts off. And everyone else in the theater would turn and look at us like, what is wrong with you two sickos? But That's funny. Yeah, me and my friend went. We saw it. We were, God, like 15 years old when it came out. We thought it would be all cool. We'd impress everybody. You know, these two these two kids going to see Jason Takes Manhattan. Yeah. Just me and him. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Good stuff. And we used to go to a theater. I think it had about 12 screens. But every Friday and Saturday night, they had midnight, midnight matinee. And they would show pretty much the midnight same movies. Midnight matinee? Yeah. And they would show the same. I think just about a lot of the movies were the same. They would show them every week. So every week we would go see Dawn of the Dead. Okay. Yeah. Was, that's how much I love that movie. But. So what, what's some of your favorite horror movies? Uh oh. Did he? The most powerful entity in the World Wrestling Federation. Slam Jam Dead. (laughs) Wow. What album Sounds was like that it could one? be the theme song for Men in Black. It, it could have it been. It does. That was WrestleMania, the album. That's what, the one what? you were talking about. With WrestleMania. The the... Did he have a that line was, in, that, okay. in there that said, Dance with the Taker? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, this, this yeah that screamed 80s all over that. It was, uh, it was pretty fucking terrible. Slam now jam, after death, so they did that one, and then they did the. Um, there was another WrestleMania album, wasn't it? it was the one with uh, Mean Gene on the front of it, with Vince, with Jesse Ventura, and then everybody in the back. That's the one with Jimmy Hart on it. Yes, that's the one. Ring, okay. ring. Hello, hello. Hey, Cindy in? Huh? No, who is this? What do you mean? Who is this? This is Jimmy Hart, the mouth of the South. Where is she? She's gone to the Rick Springfield concert. Rick Springfield. 
It's awesome. <laughs> I remember all the words to the song, and I had a dream the other day that me and Jimmy Hart were in a car and we were singing this this song together. Wow. But we were, we were in the video to Girls in Cars, but we were singing that song. <laughs> <laughs> And then Tito Santana and Rick Martel came in, and they said, what am I doing here? They said, this is the wrong song. I said, oh, I'm sorry. And they kicked me out. And then Rick, Rick, Rick Martel then, for whatever, whatever reason, he materialized into the model and told me I looked ugly. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. It's a very interesting dream. How, how come you're not tweeting these things to these people? I'm fucked up enough. I don't think I need to. <laughs> hey, Jimmy, I had a dream about you. You and me were in a car. <laughs> Singing Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield. <laughs> <laughs> Eat your heart out, Rick Springfield. Bam, bam, it. Good stuff. I know all the words <laughs> to that song. I'm, I'm fucking proud of it. Damn it. Oh, my goodness. Wow. Well, Jimmy may be one of the nicest men ever. Yeah, oh, yeah. I think we all channel in our uh, inner Jimmy hearts because half the time I'm running around going, beautiful, baby, beautiful. Oh, my fucking God. Oh, my God. <laughs> what in the fucking blue hell is that? Oh my God! <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> I saw something on Twitter, and I had to. I uh, should I send it to Freeland? He might get aroused if you said this to him. <laughs> does this require? Does this require right, drinking? <laughs> Holy shit! What? What? Is that legit? You never know. That's got to be photoshopped, and they're not holding that picture. Uh, Dreamer tweeted it himself. No, I'm He's not saying no it's shame. not him, but like they're not. That's not what the intent for that picture oh, was. Them no. holding a picture of him, no. right? Where did you get this, Jerry? That's uh. Well then, that's tough. That's tough. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> tough. <laughs> I mean, it is what it is. Did you guys hear about the guy who tweeted at us and said that he was listening to the show and went off the road and, I guess, hit, like, uh, a flower pot in, like, bags of mulch and whatnot? That's intense. No, I talked to him. He said he went back after work. And it's going to take about... Right. I think eight bags of sod and a couple bags of grass seed to fix it. <laughs> so, well, we don't have to cough it up. He is. Wow. Went off there. And he said what, what part of the episode it was, right? It was the oh, handyman yeah. episode, handyman part? Hi. Yes. Hi. Whoa, there he is. No, we're not doing old. We did that already. That's old hat. You can't do the same shtick over and over again. Lando, how are you, buddy? Good. Good? How was your your day at school? Good. Nice. What are you doing this weekend? Um. Got a soccer game coming up? Yeah. Nice. 
Gonna what watch position Gary do you Lim play matches? in soccer? <laughs> <laughs> Who's your favorite wrestler? Jerry. Smart guy. Yeah. Have you ever seen him wrestle? <laughs> no. That's why he's your favorite. Oh. <laughs> bye bye. Bye, buddy. Have fun at your soccer. He is a soccer. He's game, seen right? my best work. <laughs> he hasn't seen me either. We uh, we got a lot of people who commented on last week's episode. They really enjoyed it. What, now, yeah. what ha- now what happened to the guy? How do you know this guy, Jerry? He, uh, oh boy. He, I think his name is Josh Ritter. Isn't he one of the wrestlers up in Pennsylvania when I went up there? Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Anyway. <laughs> You're a lot nicer than I am. So go out texting Jerry. I said, I don't give everybody, anybody my fucking phone number. Freeland doesn't even have it. I don't, I don't have what? <laughs> my phone number. <laughs> no. But that's beside the point. Well, you know. <laughs> that, that's, you DM me. That, that's, how, <laughs> that's how nice Jerry is. He'll, he'll meet somebody. He'll give him the phone number. Jerry's well, a, a, a very sweet person. By the way, um, Josh Ritter also was the one who found the uh, the Mikey and Jerry action figures recently when he was shopping. I don't know where he said he was. Uh, where did he say he was? <laughs> the, the I Salvation was looking Army. at a local toy shop today. <laughs> Salvation Army. The, the local thrift shop. Wow. Who else? Who else made some uh, some very nice comments about the show? Anybody else reach out to you guys independently? No. But he really drove into the, into somebody's lawn. <clears throat> yeah, he went off the road. He was laughing so hard. Oh my god. Ray Mysterio said he's learned more about penises <laughs> than he ever wanted to know. He did. <laughs> yes. Not Ray Ray. No. Ramus. Stereo. Oh, oh. Somebody being clever. Mm-hmm. So who's who's the person who... Uh, oh, somebody sent me a message about... I guess it was Shannibal Lecter. Or Shannibal Lecter, however you want to say it. <laughs> about, uh, I guess, the dryer going off. Who, who had a buzz happen? During last week's episode, did we I had a buzz happening. We had laundry going. Knew it was Jerry. I fucking knew it. I knew it was Jerry. I'm. I just. I had a feeling. I was like, oh, it's probably Jerry in his bonus room. He could probably. Yep. But I don't do wash in my house. Not up here. It's downstairs. I know, but I was like, "Eh, that's probably Jerry. I don't see Mikey doing laundry. Yeah, ours has a nice little jingle when it instead of an annoying buzz. Right. Yeah. Jingle? So, yeah. It's like, it goes... Like that. It's got its own ringtone? Yeah, and it goes... Yeah, it's just a happy little jingle. Ooh, that one's not bad. What the hell is that? It's another little jingle. What's that from, Mikey? That means my uh, Totino pizza rolls are done. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, yeah, hold I on. should see if there's different jingles programmed in that dryer. 
Jerry, somebody sent a, a, a tweet, uh, Oh, the Doctors, and I didn't know you got this violent when it came to wrestling, but somebody was trying to do a Hurricane Rana, and you're on the outside, and you oh. catch them, and then you proceed to swing them violently into the steel guardrail. Yeah! I saw that, that was- and I thought, holy shit. <laughs> Never would Petey. have expected that. <laughs> that was Petey Williams. Holy and shit. And that wasn't even the worst in that match. I, d- I, I had no idea you got killed him in that match. I felt so Jesus. bad. I would yeah, too. I went to, I went to give him a, a powerbomb on the apron. Like just the edge of the apron. And right. I couldn't see. And I didn't want to land him too high where it would hit him in the low back. I wanted to hit him, you know, across the shoulder blades and I went too low and he went completely under the ring. <laughs> How the fuck? Wow. And there was a two by four going across uh, <gasps> part of the side of the ring. Oh, I felt so bad. I just about killed him. That could have sucked. I think the crowd was chanting, you killed Petey or something like that. I just, I, I just, I saw that clip and I'm like, that's no. And then I watch and I'm like, yeah, that's him. <laughs> that was Jerry got angry. Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. Dr. Bruce Banner. I wasn't mad. I wasn't mad. I was probably in a very good mood. You know what put me in a good mood? Well, sort What's of. It? Mikey, you tweeted out a, a picture of a blue beaded clutch. <laughs> yes, that? I did. That is a nice-looking clutch. Where did you find that thing? I just found it uh, attached to the side of my head. No. <laughs> Been there for years. <laughs> Finally had it surgically removed. That's where I lost that thing. Yeah. I was wondering where I lost my clutch. I thought you'd find that looking familiar. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of people were talking about the anus chocolates oh. from oh, last geez. week's episode. A lot of people were talking about that. Now, let me ask you a question. If you guys were to, to look at this picture, right, would you normally think that, that was what that is? If you, if someone had, like, um, holiday candies sitting out for, like, a holiday party, right? Mm-hmm. W- would you look at those and be able to say, wow, that that's an anus? Or would you think, ah, it's, what, what exactly is that? Or would you know that's a butthole? I would probably think it was on clearance because they maybe got deformed in the sun or some heat somewhere in a hot truck or something. Somebody left them on the truck. Yeah. There's a lot of junk in that trunk. (laughs) What do you mean by that? Are you saying that's an extra large sphincter? Chocolate sphincter. Man, that's... that's. But where's the hole? Uh, I, we don't need to know where that is. I'm just saying. If we're talking anatomically correct, Mm-mm. so be it. My goodness. Well, I think if they put a hole in it, there'd be people trying to have a good time. And that's yeah, just Freeland. Yeah, Freeland. It had to make them Freeland-proof. <laughs> That's the next necessary? one. It'll be, it'll be like the the hollow chocolate Easter bunnies. The next version will be. Oh, okay, we're done. Moving on. We are moving on. 
Not necessary. You're the sick Hollywood. fucker that brought it up again. I'm not the one who decided to look up chocolate assholes last week. That was not me. Yes, you are. You're the one that brought it up. Do did not. Yep. Did not. Well, I, didn't I believe that actually was Jerry who brought that up. The whole episode because- last week was talking about cock. No, well, there was assholes in there, too. Well, assholes talk, and cock. Maybe, I don't know, talk about boobs or something this time. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk hey, about fun bags. We can talk about titters. I have no problem with that. Titters? <laughs> what the heck is titters? So, did you hear Eddie Money passed away today? He did. Yep. Yeah. The boys took it to paradise. Mm-hmm. He had what stage four esophageal cancer? It's esophageal, yes. but yes, he's philosophical. You know what? Go fuck yourself. Okay, I'm trying. <laughs> I heard he had. I thought it was pronounced esophageal. Got uh, pneumonia too. Ugh. That's. But I don't know if that was from that either, but. I saw him years ago with uh, Ario Speedwagon, and it was a great show. Oh, I love Ario. I'll never forget that. It was awesome. She's got a pair of tits just like two apple pits. (laughs) (laughs) Two apple bits? (laughs) (laughs) She's got a pair of tits. Good God. <laughs> we're ne- we're, we're never going to get on track. <laughs> Is there more to that song? That's it. So let's see here. I have something for you guys. I have a topic I'd like to go into this, this week. Here we go. Oh, Lord. Wait for it. And Wait for it. Wait for it. Why? You somehow feel like I'm going to say cock Why? or something? Why? You seek? I want to talk to you guys about the... Uh, hold! The, hold! The okay. art form of a promo. Okay. Now, we talked about promos before and how the one producer in ECW did it in his parents' basement. You guys talked about some people who were good at doing promos, who could do them on one take, some people who needed to take them on multiple takes. We talked about how Rhino <laughs> would would take multiple takes. It was funny. But let me ask you this. For people who are aspiring wrestlers, do you feel like the art form of being able to cut a promo is lost today? Or no. do you feel like Mm-mm. they do it better today than they did when you guys were up and coming? It just depends on each individual person. So, Jerry, when you were getting trained for wrestling, you were with Brad Rangans, correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Was he also the one who taught you or worked with you with, with promos? Or who who no. specifically addressed that with you? We really didn't work on promos. Okay. I mean, all he, he told us was, you know, you always put over 
I mean, he told us basics of promos. We didn't practice any. It was mostly just, you know, we just worked on basic fundamentals in the ring and stuff. But he did tell us about, you know, about promos and how you shouldn't bury your opponent. You should always put over your opponent because if you beat your opponent, then you've beat somebody. And if you lose to your opponent, you've lost somebody. But if you bury them and say how horrible they are and whatever, you're a loser, blah, blah, blah. Well, then if you beat them, you beat nobody. And if you lose to right. them, you've lost to nobody. Right. And also, you you know, you mentioned, I always try and mention the location of the match, of the show you're going to wrestle this guy, the date, you know, just to remind people where it's at. Let them know where the show and when the show exists. Stuff like that. So would promos... He didn't get into character development or anything like that. Well, and and that's kind of what I want to also get into, and I know that kind of goes hand-in-hand with promos, but so when you were training, and obviously he gave you bullet points, but you didn't practice them, at what point or who was it that actually talked to you about character development, how to properly cut a promo, all that kind of... The more of the theatrical stuff outside of the athletic stuff, Jerry. who, Who first introduced you to that side of it it was for angles and stuff but uh the first person who really woke me up was new jack but uh i never could think of a weird wacky gimmick for myself you know or or some character to portray so i and when i broke into business it was always ingrained into your head to make the people believe this was real. So I always tried not to do anything too, uh, what's the word, hokey or whatever. I just tried to be believable and like I meant business. Do you think that's why a lot of people in the 80s to early 90s did go by more of their real names, or if not their real name, just a name, not so much a a stereotypical character like a clown or a plumber or a, you know, well, alligator know. man, that kind I of guess, thing. Do you think? I, I don't know. I guess you may, because every, it seemed like every company always had their one person or a couple of people that did. The- for the character to make them stand out. You know, because even way back in the AWA, you had the Crusher, who was a character. You had Mad Dog Vishan, who was a character. You had Sheik Adnan LKC, Baron Von Roschke. You know, everyone was characters then, too, but I don't know. I guess it it just came up to each individual person what you wanted to portray in front of the people, I guess. and Or what worked for you, too. Would you say guys like the Crusher and the Bruiser were, yeah, they were kind of characters, but that was just more of their their stigma? I, I mean, because they never really dressed up like a quote unquote character. Am I correct in that? I mean, they were not to the level of an Adrian Street, right? No, but where it but was they, one of those they had an over, over the, the top, top personality. They did, <clears throat> so maybe they didn't necessarily need to have the whole. Boas and sunglasses and all that kind of stuff. Well, they didn't. 
Do you feel like, Mikey, also when you were breaking in that, that was still, it was still very much kayfabe, which was keep it real or make it believable as possible? Or did you feel like the the horse was already out of the barn at that point? Well, it was out of the barn, but I broke in an ECW. And we treated it like it was real all the time. Yeah, but you guys, I, I, we talked about this before. ECW was its own thing because ECW is almost like Fight Club. It was almost – you didn't even really worry about what were the characters were because it was so – it was so real. I mean with everything that you guys were doing. We, we were just doing the complete opposite of what WWE and WCW were doing. And I think people really gravitated towards that. We went a very grunge, very Seattle – in the early 90s approach to things. And that's what the kids related to back then. So, Sonny Blaze trained you. He told me to work Did the list. He didn't train me. He didn't do fucking fuck he, all. He, <laughs> <laughs> so we're not going to get we're not going to put Sonny over. No. Who who talked to you about the theatrics of the the promo and and the do this, the do that, how to look, how to talk because those those early promos with with you in there playing the scared teenage kid, and you were like, well, that really wasn't me. That right. was really good. That was really good. So how did you come up with the whole fact of, I'm just this teenage kid amongst these monsters? Like, how did you how did you arrive at that? Did, did they talk to you, or did you just kind of think about it and go, well, this is what I think is going to work? A little bit. Paul would, at first, he would, like, do the promo for me, as me. And he would give me the bullet points to hit on and just go from there. Okay. And then, you know, back then we were all sitting in a room in the arena after the shows, and I was getting feedback again from Kevin Sullivan and Terry Funk, you know, Mick Foley, Shane Douglas and all them. So they were all giving little tips and advice here and there. So I just picked up from everybody. So when you say he did the promo for you, you mean he pretended that he was the Mikey character yes. and he showed you what he wanted? Yep. For the most part. I mean, he gave me like a direction. Okay. Did you like that? Did you feel like – oh, did I mean when I say liked it, meaning so you knew what was expected? Yeah, to a point. I mean he – you know, you got to remember I first broke in. I didn't really have any experience doing anything. So okay. I just thought that's how it was. You know, and Paul would do that for everybody. He'd give everybody, he could give everybody, you know, oh, you know, this, this, and he would kind of get tell them what he was thinking. I mean, he'd let them do their own right. thing, but he would always, you know, kind of script it out for you as far as like a, a direction and kind of act it out as them. He did with Sam and all the time. He would confuse me. Interesting. Huh? Polly would confuse me because he would you know, he would do it like he did with you, but he'd do it with me, and I would do the take, and I wouldn't do something right. And he, and then the next take, he'd go, well, try it this way, and blah, 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 blah. And, you know, Polly can just rattle it off. Right. And so it would be a completely different way, and every time it got worse and worse, because every time he'd say, well, try it this way. And I would just get more confused and confused and... Well, I think it's a kind of a double-edged sword, isn't it? I mean, you have the performer who they're trying to breathe life into this character, and then you have someone who's kind of being a director to you, 
do you ever feel like sometimes there's a disconnect between what they expect, what their vision of what the character is, and what you have in your mind? Yeah, I would imagine, because everyone looks at things a little different way. With me, it was, anyway. Right. Yeah, see, for me, in the beginning, I liked it. And then when I started doing the stuff with Vandy, he didn't even try it. He goes, whatever the fuck you guys want to do. Like, hit all well, this to this, and then... And that's it. He goes, you you guys do whatever you want. It worked. You know. Do you think, Mikey, the the Mikey Whipwreck Part 2 is what we'll refer to it as, was so creative and it was just very entertaining because you were older, you had more experience, just time in the business allowed you to adapt skills, or do you think that you just became more comfortable with yourself? I just felt more comfortable being more myself. And, and the character just it kind of morphed that way. It, it started off like it was going to be a serious thing with Raven, right. and, and, and it just it didn't go that way. So as we got, you know, ha-ha, we figured, let's just go with it. And we, right. we just had fucking fun with it. Where I struggled doing promos was after I stopped being the the whiny Mikey with a high pitch like the wine. Right. And between Mikey version, well, I guess version three, I guess, with the devil. That middle period from like 90, I don't know, 96, 97 to like 98, 99, I was like. I didn't really have a character. You know, and I didn't know... I didn't know what I wanted to do. Like, we would do the whole thing with, like, Jerry and Lance. I had no idea what the fuck I was doing. Like, I didn't know where my character was going. I didn't know what my character was morphing into. I I just had no idea. So I didn't know how to act or anything else. It was very... I had to be, like, a very, very toned-down version of me, I felt like. Mm -hmm. And I just... (laughs) <laughs> didn't know what to do. So I knocked I, you into Mikey 3.0 with the clutch. <laughs> yeah. Right after that, I quit. Went to WCW. He's not I'm out of here. Enough of that. <laughs> Fuck this. I'm this fucking real shit. <laughs> Can't fucking take it. The lightest guy in the company just beat the fuck out of me. <laughs> oh. But no, I didn't know what to do. Like I, like I didn't really have a character to 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 play off of. You know, I was like, well, I don't know what the fuck I am. So when they brought you into WCW, did they? And I, it, it, memory's not serving me too well right now. But do you remember if they did any type of build up to you coming in, nope. or were they just relying on wrestling fans as a whole knowing you from ECW? Yeah, there was no build-up at all. They called me on a Tuesday. <laughs> I mean, if you're going to bring somebody in, I, I I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but I feel like from another big one of the big three companies, you want to bring them in, especially who's a former world champion, and do something. It just... What in the <laughs> hell... I think I'll be right back. I got to see what the dogs are going nuts over. Oh, my.
Good God. What does he live at? Caesar Milan's house? No, those dogs are quiet. <laughs> What's that thing he does when he wants the dogs to be quiet? It's like a or something to that nature. I don't, I don't watch fucking Caesar Malone. Oh, I did that to my last girlfriend. Didn't work well. Huh? So, I don't know. I just find it interesting. Like, some people might not necessarily think that way, but I think it's interesting because there's only so much you can do with a character as far as in-ring performance, right? right. And I'll, and then the other part of it is the the entertainment aspect of it. Did you ever see people, Mikey, that... We're so good, talented in the ring. Like, they understood everything. You trained them, you worked them, but by God, they were boring as piss when it came to personality. Like, a styrofoam cup had more personality. Yeah. I mean, there are plenty of guys like that. You know, they're, they're great in the gym, but they just did, they couldn't turn it on when it counted. It was like, like uh, listening to paint dry sometimes. So what do you – okay, so what do you do? You're training a guy. You've taken him as far as he can go. He knows all the fundamentals, does everything really well. Yep. But you say, hey, we got to get you ready for your first match. What do you want to be? What do you want to do? What? Et cetera, et cetera. I'm upstairs. If somebody just has no <laughs> concept of anything, yep. like how do you – how do you energize them? Or, or or is that maybe not necessarily part of your job as a trainer? What? Is it just... You'll get the what? Uh, sorry, guys. Yeah, what do you live in? Fucking Castle Grayskull? What the hell was that yes. thing going up and down? What thing? Oh, Jesus. That was, <laughs> that was the garage door. <laughs> Holy shit, man. <laughs> Castle Grayskull. <laughs> What do you got uh, a fucking moat around your house? Yes, I've got the Jeez. large chains on both sides of the garage door. Nice. Yeah. I was just asking Mikey about you know you're training a guy and he's got all the fundamentals down. You got to prepare him for their first match, but they are just as stale as a, a, a saltine. Like they have no concept of how to step through the curtain and, and be a showman. What do you do when you have that raw talent, but yet there is no theatrical part to them? How do you feel about being the referee? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Wow. Or Ruprick the monkey boy. Or the guy who carries the piss bucket. There you go. Like, that's got to be frustrating as a trainer. I mean, what do you do at that point? You, you almost feel like, well, we, you know, you have to do, we've gone as far as we can. You have to do what I wish someone would have done to me early in my career. you got to grab them and shake them and go, this is showbiz. You cannot be shy or quiet. You have to be entertaining. And when I started, I was really shy. I, wouldn't, I had a hard time looking at the people. I would just look at my opponent. And I wish someone would have just woke me up then. Work for Dean Malenko. And there's some people that it, you're right; it does work for. They don't have to say a whole lot. But see, I don't really feel like it was a hard thing for you, Mikey. Just because I feel like your personality is already kind of over the top, so it, I don't feel like it takes a whole lot to coax it out of you. Am I correct in that? Right, but when I am. Um like if I'm playing a character, if I like I know what I'm doing, 
Mm-hmm. Like if I have to go play Mikey now, I can do it. Like it's, it, I just take myself. I just really turn myself up. Like when we do the podcast. I just turn it up a little bit. It's still right. me, but it's just it's just amped up a little bit more, just for the fucking sake of entertaining. You know, b- I don't know. That, we talk like this on the phone all the time. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> okay, I don't amp up anything. In fact, I downplay it. It's you. <laughs> yeah. For the PC culture we live in, I don't everything I would normally yes, say. He downplays it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But when I, like I said, when I was doing that in that middle ground there, when I didn't really have a character, I was just me. I had no idea what the fuck to do. Like I couldn't get a promo to save my life because, like, I didn't know. Well, I'm not gonna go out there telling somebody I'm gonna kick their ass. You know, and I wasn't doing the whole uh, fucking thing. So I didn't know what the fuck to do. <laughs> Hold on, what's the? Uh, what, what is that? <laughs> What that? <laughs> it's part Terry Funk. Yeah. yeah. Just whatever. I don't give a shit type of so, thing. So, like, if I could have went out there and I could have played, like, somebody else, I would have had no problem. But I can't go out there and play Terry Funk. In re- you know what I mean? It's like, well, why is he fuck acting like Terry Funk? Right. But I could do that no problem and do it exactly like it should be done. But I didn't know what, like, I didn't know what the fuck to do. What kind of personality I should have. What kind of character. Like, I had no idea. I gotta be me. <laughs> yeah, that was so, later. Yeah. What? I was trying to think. What, uh, was there any shenanigans or anything that went on when you and Tammy were both ref for the match with me and Lance? Oh, yeah. What? I forgot. There was something that went on during that match, wasn't there? I spent the whole I time looking up her skirt. That's <laughs> I said now, to how her, much of that kind of stuff? I said to her, I said, she was in the ring and I was on the floor. I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? <laughs> you sound like Ozzy. <laughs> I said to her, I said, what, what am I going to do, Tam? Like, I don't know what the fuck. She goes, just, I don't know, whatever you want. I said, okay. So I said, Tammy, I think I'm going to spend the whole night not paying attention to the match. Just looking up your skirt, or your whatever she's wearing. <laughs> she goes, "That would probably work." I said, "Okay, that's what I'm gonna fucking do then." You no, know, and, the, and then we came up. We had the finish, and I remember I almost broke her neck up with a stunner. Uh, but <laughs> I think I remember now. Weren't you like resting your head on the apron and just gazing up her skirt? Yeah, like I like slide under the bottom rope and like turn over and look up. Like I yeah. something. I'm like, I what the fuck am I gonna just stand here like an idiot? Right. What did you let me ask you this first, Mikey. Did you enjoy the wrestling part more or did you like the entertaining aspect more? <laughs> are you asking me now or are you asking me then? <laughs> Well, looking back now in retrospect, did you did you enjoy more of the, you know, the moves and all that, or did you enjoy when it was more theatrical? Like, I, I know you didn't necessarily care for the the teenage boy Mikey Whipwreck early on when you were with Public Enemy and you know your feud with Sandman and your promos with 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 um, Cactus. But what did you like the best about the Mikey character? The end. <laughs> Jeez. 
No, I liked... I'm trying to how to put this. Uh, Jerry will tell you. I'm very hot and cold. When it comes to actual working. Like, there are days when I'm into it and I, like, want to go, oh, yeah, this, 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 this. And there are other days I'm just like, oh, whatever you want to do. Like, I, I don't, you know. I never phoned it in in the ring. I always worked hard. But there are days I was just more into it than others. Like, I just, that's just yeah. my personality. I, I'm just very, that's with everything I do. Not just especially, if you, especially if you called some chain. Oh, fuck that. <laughs> Damn it, it's a fucking chain. Well, and the reason why I kind of ask that is because I think we have a big, we have a big contrast here. Because I think you were more, in my opinion, just my opinion, more entertainment than you were wrestling. Right. Even though you could wrestle when you wanted to, I think you like to focus more on the entertainment. Where Jerry was just quiet. Like, but he let his wrestling speak for itself. I think that's where you put your bread and butter. I mean, I've watched some of your promos, Jerry. I watched them. Well. Um, they're good. It's because they're they're good. Early I mean, in my career, some altercations you you had backstage, and well, I had fun with the stuff that was like, um, like when I had my feud with AJ at TNA. I mean, we were doing stuff like uh, like Dusty and the Horsemen when they would jump him in the parking lot and stuff. So like we would jump each other in catering and fight over the tables and stuff. And then we jumped each other at the cafe where they would have catering. And I think we were fighting in front of the restaurant and stuff like that. That was to me that was fun. Instead of just standing in the ring with each person with a microphone and insulting each other. But you were One doing that on camera which though, you have right? To pass back and forth. Yeah. <laughs> that kind of def- that kind of deflates the whole situation too. <laughs> so when you were doing the fighting though, that was on camera though. That was right. not right. No, it's just for the boys. Yeah. Or, Did you knock food over? <laughs> uh, we may have. I don't think a lot uh, because we didn't want to have a big mess to clean up, like the old uh, concession stand brawl. Where was it when you told – was it Mikey that you told to go fucking snell, sell snow cones? Oh, That's when I quit. That was kind clutch, of a soft that. spot. That's when I quit. That's a little sore spot. I mean, I'm not trying to pick it up in an old scab, but I think that was the meanest I've ever heard you. Go sell some fucking snow cones. <laughs> <laughs> Who gave me that line? Did someone give me the line or not? I don't know, but I was so, like, stunned. I didn't even have a comeback. Wait. Like, I – I didn't even tell you I was going to say that ahead of time. No, you were full on dick. Oh. <laughs> maybe I just, maybe I did just come up with that. <laughs> that was as brutal as I'd ever heard Jerry speak. Like, oh my god! I think I was right next to him, I'm, and he said it was like such fucking piss and vinegar, and I'm like, holy fuck! <laughs> I, well, I, I didn't even have a comeback. That's I was I, so fucking stunned. I tried. Well, that's how I would try to make the people think. All right. Now, Jerry means business right now. Well, especially if you know who I really am. And when I would spit out something like that, then they go, oh. That, that's exactly what I said. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Where's the heat? <laughs> oh. and, then, and, then, and, then, 
And then I, I had my comeback in the locker room. What was the comeback? Well, I walk. We, 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 I forget what the, the whole deal was. You probably made me feel really guilty. <laughs> and I just remember you saying it, and me being just completely like fucking like <laughs> gutted. Like, oh, he just fucking called me fat. <laughs> I was like, and I was like, just like fucking. So we get in the locker room, and you walk by. Hey, Mikey, fans. I, I, I just walked by and said, they don't sell snow cones. <laughs> 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 I thought you were going to say um, The ring broke uh, I wish you had <laughs> oh. Wow Yeah when I when I saw that I was like oh my god That was unexpected How do you think I feel? It's right next to him <laughs> Jeez oh, She had such fucking passion like, I saw the, see, like the hatred design, Like the disgust <laughs> There was no hatred. It was all said with love. <laughs> you sold it, though. <laughs> oh, I sold it, all right. <laughs> I fucking, I turn around, so the next time I'll do the fucking chain. <laughs> <laughs> and ever since then, Lance has called me fucking Chunky. <laughs> and who started it? Was it you? Trace? No, didn't... Uh, Tommy Rich started? No. You I could have swore it was Tommy. Oh. Oh, great. Or did Tommy start yeah, saying to... it after that? Yeah. Oh, I was great. in the corner almost fucking crying. Hey, Chunky Maki. <laughs> Chunky Maki. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Mikey. <laughs> Thanks a lot, Jerry. <laughs> I could be wrong, Jerry, but I think the Chunky and the Snow Cone thing was in the same promo. <laughs> Sorry. I was going to go to the fucking parking lot and end it. <laughs> God. Uh, uh. Wow. <laughs> well, I remember going to the Holiday Inn oh. after that. Oh, Mikey, no. Mikey, you, don't, you know, you look, you don't look yourself tonight. I go, no, I'm fine. Oh. <laughs> Jerry just ate my self-esteem and shit it out. <laughs> what? Wow. Well, speaking of all of this, promos, whatnot, let me ask you guys a question. Go eat some fucking snow cones. <laughs> Take your fat ass and go snail snow cones. Oh, my God. <laughs> you guys are, you guys are uh, elaborating a little bit, I think. Oh, I don't think so. Oh, no, Jerry. I've seen it. <laughs> I'm not elaborating. Oh. <laughs> uh. <sighs> That's tough. <laughs> That's tough. That's tough. Hold up, hold up, hold up. Don't you know the rules? <laughs> you can't be talking about them snow cone type. Oh, uh. fuck. Hold on a second. Hold on. That's me walking did backwards. Ever, did you ever see when he did the uh, reaction to Freebird? Yeah. That was awesome. I can't change, baby. I gotta be. He just did one today with fairies wear boots. What the hell is. Fa- <laughs> you talking about Freeman? Freeland? A fairy? 
No black Sabbath. Is Freeland wear boots? Fairy. Freeland wear boots, and you gotta believe me. Sorry. This fucking apartment. I Are you hate back? This apartment. Yeah. Do you wear boots? I hate this apartment. Do I wear boots? Do you wear boots? <laughs> no, I'm wearing loafers. Not now, right I'm now. saying, do you do you wear boots? Sometimes, yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Well. Mm-hmm. How's that snow that, cold? That song might be about him. It might. But whose song okay. was that? Did you Since say I don't know the context of what the fuck's going on? No, Black um, Sabbath song. Yeah. We think there's a Black Sabbath wrote a song about you. What's the title, Mikey? Uh, fairies wear boots. Yeah, freely wears boots, and you got to believe me. Bum, 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 bum. Dance with the taker. <laughs> the most powerful entity in the World Wrestling Federation. Slam Jam Death. Rigor Mortis. Freeland wears boots. <laughs> Where do you, you go? gotta believe me. <laughs> Did he leave us? He might have. Oh boy. No, I'm no. here. You are. <laughs> yeah, this is me. I'm here. You're pretty clear in that bathroom. So, spot. plenty of paper. So, what ass? I wanted to ask you guys. With the pirate saying his birthday. What? Ah, matey. What? No, no, never mind. <laughs> oh I'm going to go snow code myself. <laughs> so the reason why we're, we're kind of talking about all this promo stuff is because I wanted to get your opinion. What were the best promos that you guys had ever heard? Specifically, is there a specific promo that somebody cut at some point that you were like, wow, like in my opinion, that's in my top five. Ultimate Warrior filled a rocket ship. <clears throat> or not. For that was a fucking terrible promo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't know why I fucking brought it up. <laughs> no, that's, it was good. I like it. Just our friends with boots on dancing with a dwarf. Holy shit. <laughs> There's so what did you? What? There's so many, like you know, Dusty's promos, Flair's promos, uh, Roddy Piper's promos, Jake the Snake promos. Um, one of my favorite, <clears throat> I don't know if you'd call it just a promo, but a whole segment was uh, Eddie Gilbert and Tommy Rich in Goddamn USWA at the TV studio. Eddie Gilbert turned himself healed or he was he a face turned heel I can't remember he like did a double turn all within five minutes and it was 
just a thing of beauty. It was amazing. He had the crowd. What was it? He, uh, him and uh, Tommy Rich were a tag team, I think, and they were being awarded some award for tag team of the year or something like that. I don't know what. The, I can't remember what the whole deal was. But uh, Eddie turned on Tommy. Tommy ended up bloody and Eddie, and Eddie came back out and was a gave this heartfelt apology and the fans ate it up and believed every word of it and Tommy Rich came back out and they shook hands and hugged and then Eddie jumped Tommy and had him left him bleeding and turned the fans on him again with even more heat because he insulted their intelligence and made them believe that he was so sincere and it was just amazing to watch that's brilliance right there but that's what I loved about the business was making them believe. Do you think that it, it goes too far when the whole injury angle, you know, back in, obviously not now, but, you know, in the 70s and 80s, if somebody got hurt, they would like, let's say Grizzly Smith, for example, you saw on the Jake the Snake uh, DVD or maybe it was with the movie um, Beyond the Mat. When he hurt himself in an angle, he kept wearing the brace even at home. Do you think that that's a little too much, or do you think at that time that's just the way it went? And does no. that still apply to today? I think it should still apply to today. Because people see you out in public, so if you want them to really believe and actually care about your well-being and be emotionally vested in the whole angle... You should do it. And didn't Sandman do that when he yeah. did the blind thing? Yeah, he wouldn't leave his house. Do you still feel... I mean, I understand it from a a performance standpoint, but do you think because now the curtain's been pulled back so much that people really wouldn't get into it? Or do you think you could get people to get back into it? It's up to us to get them back into it. I think it's still worth a try. I think if you have the audience that wants to believe that you can get them. And I think AEW, the type of audience they're going to have, where they're a little more open-minded about things, I, I think they're more they willing will. to play along with the storylines and the shtick. I had a match with... Uh, who was the Pope? What was his name? John Paul? No. <laughs> D'Angelo De Niro or something yes, to that nature? Yes. <clears throat> I had a match with him at the ECW arena. It was for a different indie company. And we were going to do a thing where he was going to end up working my leg. So we did a thing where something on the floor where I got thrown out onto the floor or something like that. And I started selling my knee or my leg. I can't remember. But uh, he came over to pick me up. And I shoved him off me. And normally I try not to cuss. But I just I just screamed really loud. I said, get the F off me. And the whole crowd just hushed. They were like, oh. And the rest of the match, I sold my leg. And after the show, I still was out when I was out. There was probably a few fans left. But I was out getting ready to leave. And I was still limping. And a guy probably... At that time, he was probably in his early 50s. He came up to me and he said, um, 
I just want to thank you for suspending my belief tonight. And I thought that was a great compliment. Yeah. That's awesome. And that's the object, is to actually get them to care about our well-being. And that's why selling is so important. Because if you don't sell, they're not going to care about your well-being because you're, you look like you're perfectly fine. And they're not going to get emotionally vested in your match. Yep. Do you think for a lot of wrestlers, selling is hard to do? I mean... Selling is a learning process because you have to keep in mind at what, you know, how long have you been wrestling? What point of the match are you in? And what kind of moves have been done to you? You know, have they been just minor things? Have they been some major moves off the top rope, stuff like that? So you got to keep in mind. And then you got to keep in mind, too, uh, how long you've been wrestling? How winded should you be? Should you start beating? start looking like you're getting winded and getting wore down. How much and chain wrestling have you done? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> but, you know, it's like, it, it's not, you know, it's just part of the learning process. But I think a lot of guys don't think about that. And so you'll see a lot of matches where they've gone, you know, they're 20, 25 minutes into a match, and all of a sudden they're doing the big fighting spirit spot, trading back and forth, and they both look 100%. Well, then the, you've just killed everything you've done to each other before that point and told the whole crowd pretty much that that was all fake because now you're f- perfectly fine. Right. And so why should they worry about your well-being anymore? And you kind of, you've, you've killed the, any possibility of, uh, what's the word, emotional investment into your match and they're them caring about you does that make sense it does it absolutely does and people are saying i was just saying so you've done all those moves for nothing because you just destroyed it all by showing how fresh you are and you're 100 percent all of a sudden so do you feel like a lot of guys that are going to be coming into the new company aew understand a lot of the fundamentals or do you think that there's still a lot of coaching that can be done just because i think a lot of the guys well that's my question do you feel like there's still a lot of things that people can grow in and do better in oh yeah everyone even the my last match the thing i hated about retiring was there's still so much more i want to learn and i'm still learning even just with the agenting and stuff, you're, you're, you never stop learning. You're, you're always learning. And even when I, if, I, if I'm helping guys and whatever, I'll tell them, all right, this is what I think. And tell me if you disagree, and if you do, tell me why. Because everyone looks at things a little different angle. You know, and, and then a lot of things can vary on what you've got planned later on in the match. Or, you know... It's so, just, it's, it's, uh, wrestling's a lot like music. It's endless. The possibilities are endless. It's like, it's creating, it's creating something out of nothing. Would you guys get instant feedback? Like, let's say, Mikey, you're cutting a promo in the ring, or Jerry, you're doing it in front of a live audience. 
do you end up getting feedback from Paul or from whoever is running the promotion? Or is that just something that, I don't want to say doesn't get critiqued, but do you always receive feedback on any aspect of your performance? I think you pretty much have to ask. So it's not a forthcoming, hey, let me pull you aside type of deal? It Well, it depends on what situation you're in. Like if you have a coach or right. an agent, you know, they will. But I mean, if I'm just at shows, like just doing a meet and greet or something, then I'll have guys ask me to watch their match. And then they'll ask me afterwards, what'd you think? What do you think, Mikey? Do you feel like it was ever a situation when you had a match or you, you did something or you said something that you were seeking some type of feedback either from Paul or from somebody and either you got it and you were happy with it or you, you didn't get it unless you were proactive about it? Uh, it depends what it was. If it was something important, like an angle they were doing, right? Paul was usually pretty good at giving you his thoughts. But if it's just like a, you know, minor thing, he wouldn't, you know, he wouldn't say anything, unless it sucked. <laughs> if it, yeah, if it was something that really stuck out, like a sore thumb. Yeah, but if it's like if it was over the top, excellent, he'd come and tell you. If it sucked, he'd come and tell you. If it was like middle of the road and it wasn't that important, then he wouldn't say anything. Which to me, I took as okay. Well, then it didn't suck. Right. You know, I'd ask the other guys. Go, did, you, did you hear that? Like, was that any good? You know, I'd ask other people, but... Well, that was my point. Is is there anybody, either one of you would walk up and approach and say, hey, what did you think? Did you get to hear this? Did you get to see this? What were your thoughts? What, what could I oh, yeah. work on? Okay. All the time. Mm-hmm. Dreamer, Shane Douglas, Cactus. <laughs> this might sound like a stupid question, but I'm going to ask it. A lot of places that I worked at, sometimes every once in a while you'd have like staff meetings where everybody would like Home Depot's big on that like everybody would come in like at 6 o'clock before the store would open and like your general manager would talk how often does that happen in wrestling meaning hey everybody I need everybody to take a seat I want to talk to you guys about X, Y, and Z or is it not necessarily stuff that's talked about as a whole and more so just word of mouth that gets passed around I think nowadays it's more common to have a pre-show meeting. Yeah. Okay. Paul used to do it all the time. Well, even a lot of independents and stuff, they do it now. Years ago, they didn't. They just put the lineup on the wall, and they would just tell you who's up and how much time, and that was it. Sometimes I long for those simple times. <laughs> <laughs> like NYWC, they'll have a pre-show meeting, and he'll run down... All the matches and the finishes. Not details of the finish, but, you know, who's up and the other like that. And then he'll ha- they'll have a, a post-show meeting. And I just try to hide in the back. Like, I'm like, come on, let's go. <laughs> like, you know, it's very nice, but let's just get the fuck out of here. Have a pre-show or a post-show? We don't need both. Right. <laughs> Well, and not everybody has to shake my fucking hand. That seems to be the thing. Everyone's supposed to show respect. Shake your hand, uh, shake his hand. 
I do. It was so I always annoying. do. I still do. I still run around and say hi to everyone and shake their hands. Why? Why is that such a a split thing? And, and the reason why I say that because I, I listen to a lot of Sean Oliver and uh, great kayfabe commentaries. I like his stuff, but. Some people say, yeah, shake your hand, shake everybody's hand, introduce yourself. Some people would say, I, I, I didn't want to disrupt the, the locker room, so I kept to myself. I shut my mouth. I did whatever. And then people thought we were being dicks and assholes. For example, Marty Jannetty said that. He said when we got brought into the WWF, he goes, we, were, we had a reputation. We were partiers. And he said, I didn't want to upset the apple cart i didn't say anything and then people thought we were pricks like we were too good so at what point i mean you're almost screwed if you do screwed if you don't shake your hand introduce or keep your mouth shut does that make sense yes <laughs> so there's there's no there's no making everybody happy at some point because if you approach someone to shake their hand they may be annoyed by that or if you say nothing then they think you have some type of ego complex See, I don't get annoyed when people come say hello. But then I don't get annoyed if they don't. So you're fine either way. Yeah, like I don't have a very outgoing personality. So me going to uh, doing like an indie show, people I don't know. Right. Me going up and saying hello to everybody, for me it's, it's just awkward. You know, where someone like Jerry, who's very personable, and he's, he's better at stuff like that. Him going and saying hello to everybody, <laughs> probably very easy for him. Not me. <laughs> like we, we did Russell Khan. He would even say he would he would go like I'm gonna say to this person I just fucking sit at the table, and he would go disappear for a while and come back and because I'm gonna go see this person he'll go and I just sit at the fucking table. If I see them I'll say hello. Are you? No. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's, that's just your personality. And, and it seems like it's different for everybody. Some people, some people are the people that are very gregarious and they want to talk to people and say hello and ca- keep up with them. And some people just don't. And it's not that they're they're assholes or anything. It's just that's not who they are. Right. I get that. I. I t- it's just it confuses me when I see shoot interviews and well, half the people say you're supposed to do this, and then some people say, well, you're not supposed to do this. It's like, well, what the fuck? Because well, I can see, you know. Before the show, you're probably better off being cordial and saying hi to everyone and shaking hands. Because if you don't, like you said, you may come off as stuck up and arrogant and whatever. So you're better off just doing it. Now, after the show, you shouldn't have to run around and shake everyone's hands again goodbye. You know? No, that's the Goodbye? Fuck. I mean, that's the fuck. I just look around. If I see you on the way out, I, I give you the Irish goodbye. Just walk What's out the, the fuck it. <laughs> you just sneak out. The Irish goodbye. <laughs> Meet you back at the bar. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. You want to talk? Buy me a drink. We'll talk then, but not right now. Let's leave. That was always the worst when you ride with somebody, and they're a fucking social butterfly, and the oh, bar is open. Yep. And it takes them four hours to say goodbye. Can we fucking oh, go? Yeah, you're eating into the drinking time. <laughs> For fuck's sakes. Let's get the fuck out of here. <laughs> There's some shows. I'd get to the building. I'd find the promoter. Or the promoter would pick me up at the airport. And as soon as I get in the car, I'd go, So, what are we doing tonight? He'd say, Well, you're wrestling so-and-so and blah, blah, blah. And i go, No, no. What are we doing after the show? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't care about the wrestling part. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm talking after work. What are we doing? <laughs> yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't go your friend. 
hey, what are we doing today? Well, we got a couple tickets we got to work on. We got to do this. Uh, you know, we got this project. We got to get this this network up in this office down in Virginia. And no, 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 no. The fuck are we doing tonight? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't want to talk about work. We're hanging out to tuck them in whose room's having a good time. Oh, I'll be right back. All right. We have decided the book that we are going to read, uh, and we're going to be able to ask questions to both uh, Mikey and Jerry. Now, once again, Mikey and Jerry are not required to read the book. Well, the whole the whole premise is that we read together as fans, and then I can be kind of the mouthpiece to say, "Hey, a lot of us want to know about this," and then therefore it's more of a collective kind of Q and A session. Okay. Does that make sense or does that not? No, that makes sense. Yeah. Because you guys lived it, so you guys don't necessarily need to read the book. If you want to read the book, you can. No, which that book is, is it? I'm pulling it up right now. And I actually sent a link out. I believe it's Barnes & Noble. You can get the book for $5. Um, I will go ahead and send the link out again after we get done recording. Uh, let me pull it, it up here. tomorrow, too, as a reminder. Now, I will. can I get it? Online, like in an electronic book? Uh, I believe you can. I believe okay. you can get it in, in an ebook as well. Or you can, you know, the, one of the coolest things that we have in our area is it's called Half Price Books, and it's awesome. You can get books That's where you very get much discounted. <laughs> you what? That's Every you... time I come back, if, if I have to leave, Uh-oh. I am so fucking paranoid, I'm going to fall down, trip over something. So I, I walk back to the to the living room, Mike. I tiptoe. I put the light on my phone so I can see. I'd love I'm to see to fall that. down again. <laughs> That's what I have to do every morning when I get out of the bathroom. I have to turn my flashlight on my phone because the other night I walked right into the door frame and smashed my hand on it really hard. And of course, Pam and Annabelle both start laughing their butts off at me. That's how Ozzy got hurt coming out of the bathroom at nighttime. Oh. Yeah, he was wanting yeah. to go take a piss, and then he broke his neck or something. Broke his neck? He did. Are you serious? He no, did. he did. He broke he, his he, neck. He broke his oh, neck. Oh, I thought you were joking. I didn't know he no, broke he, his neck. He was coming back and he tripped on the rug or something, and he fell and he smacked the side of his head and like into like the nightstand. Oh wow! So yeah, he was all he got hardwayed. Yeah. Wow, a lot of people have died in movies like that. Jerry's laughing about a guy who breaks his neck. No, I, th- I didn't know he broke his <laughs> I'm neck. Just, I'm just kidding, Jerry. Oh. Yeah, he had, a, he had a tough go. He's had a very tough go. So the name of the book here is Hardcore History, The Extreme Unauthorized Story of ECW. So, And the All forward right. is written by Shane Douglas. The what book is, is by talking about? Scott E. Williams. We're talking the book, about our the book fans club. are going to read together, and then we yeah, the, the, answer their questions. I think exactly. it's the Sabu book. Well, oh, we boy. were voted. Oh, try to get me heat with Sabu, who uh, retweets a lot of my stuff. Thanks. Fuck. We are going. <laughs> we are going to do the Sabu book. Absolutely. We enough people voted that they wanted to do this one first, and then we're going in the Sabu. Why? Did you buy the Sabu book? No, I got it from free from Casanova. Oh, Casanova's a good dude, by the way. So why are we? How come we're not doing the Sabu book? Because I put it up for a vote. 
to find out which book. Why the book. fuck would you do that? <laughs> you told me it's we're doing the Sabu book. book club. <laughs> you told me we're doing the Sabu book. <laughs> I never said verbatim we're doing the Sabu book. I don't know where you got that. <laughs> on the fucking Twitter. <laughs> I I did put it on the Twitter. I did. I put four books on the I Twitter and I let the fucking Sabu book. I put a picture. I did. I put a picture. Oh yeah, the God. fucking Sabu book. People were like, man, really want to, I want to do the history first. I said, that's fine. So I assigned yeah, this book first. Sabu. We're going to go into Sabu. Yeah, first. <laughs> the fuck? We're not doing it first. Oh Would you like to start your reading assignment first for that one early? <laughs> you got to read the assignments. Just kiss my ass. <laughs> I didn't realize you were that. Hold on a second. You were the one who said you weren't going to read any fucking books. Now, all of a sudden, you hook up with Casanova and you get a fucking book now? I tell my wife I'm not doing shit either, but I end up doing it anyway. Oh, jeez. Oh. Oh. I don't think I've heard your voice go up that many octaves in a long time. (laughs) Tell me to sign my book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh. Hardcore History, The Extreme Unauthorized Story of ECW by Scotty Williams is book one. I tweeted out I where you can get it. I hope the Sabu book is first. <laughs> <laughs> I hope a lot of it's not. I hope the whole book isn't before like 97 because I won't have a thing, single thing to answer about. Holy Christ. Now we're into this. What? I, I, I know, I know, but you'll be able to chime in on some... There'll be plenty of shit to talk about. It's the history of ECW. It's the whole fucking thing. From Are the time sure? it started to the fucking time it ended. Yes, I'm positive. I did my research. Before 97... Jesus, well, you Jerry, let it go. Let it, it go. Between I'll be you reading questioning the Sabu it... Book. And, and, and... <laughs> what a picture of a fucking Sabu book. Sabu fucking retweets it, and now you change your fucking mind. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm gonna, fuck it, we're done. That's it. What book? Jesus Christ. This is a volatile book club. <laughs> no kidding. I'm not running any more contests either. <laughs> Should we do an open? Yeah, what the hell? Welcome to Front Row Material. I said Jerry Lynn, motherfucker. My name is Mike Freeland. I'm joined by ECW legends, Mr. Mikey Whipwreck and Mr. Jerry Lynn. The world of NLW. 